1: All right, folks, welcome back to week two recap of our good old little podcast here at MWCWired.com. Same old people, not going anywhere. Jeremy Moss with Matt Kennerly, and we had another, I'll say, exciting week of college football. Stuff surprises us all the time.
0: Yeah, and in this particular instance, in this particular recap, not always in a good way, but we'll get to that
1: nope there is good and bad things we had 11 teams in action and if you want to check out our other shows or other stuff we're at blog talk radio of course iTunes I want that 5 stars man give us a 5 star review I don't want to pay people but what do we have to do to get more 5 star reviews what's a good thing to do to help us out
0: you can send out compliments to those people who give us 5 star reviews at the beginning of podcasts
1: there we go you get a shout out that's one way to do it. Um, check our written stuff out, MWCWire.com. But we, we want to review Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Blog Talk Radio. Tell four friends. And then have those four friends tell four friends. And that way we have thousands upon thousands of people who listen.
0: That's the dream.
1: That is the dream. Thousands of people to listen. So let's get going. Let's start. Um, we'll make it quick on Thursday night. It was an FCS matchup, Utah State versus Idaho State. Obviously, the Aggies won. Let me ask you this before we get going. It was fifty-one thirteen. Do you trust the Facebook numbers that say nearly 830,000 people watch this game?
0: Well, how many Facebook users are there? Like 100 million or something like that? 800,000 doesn't seem like that much.
1: There's one guy I noticed on there who's getting really picky about it because I think they're kind of accurate because if you ever watch these games – like, I watched the San Diego State game a couple weeks ago. I watched some of this Utah State game, New Mexico. They usually show about two to 3,000 at a time, maybe 4,000. Mm-hmm. Their theory is that it's counting, oh, people just scroll through and hover over it for 20 seconds as they're reading something else, and that counts as a view.
0: I mean, maybe, but you know, even so, I think that it's probably only slightly bigger than the kind of audience this game would have if it were on, say, ESPN 3. Or even on like CBS Sports Network or something like that, you know.
1: You you think there's eight hundred thousand people watching CBS Sports Network? Uh, like when we have Wyoming, Oregon next week, is there going to be eight hundred thousand people watching? Okay, that you know game? what? I have
0: no idea because I'm trying to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about Nielsen <laughs> ratings to say one way or the other. To say like what the average, you know, audience looks like. But you know, to me, considering just how many Facebook users there are. You know, how many people might have been just like, hey, cool, free college football on my favorite social network, you know? To me, that sounds about right.
1: Good. I, I'm a little dubious a little bit. I'm trying to pull it up right now. To, cause Let me give you a quick example. I just saw this tweet again the other day from the same guy, or just now, so I just wanted to look into it. So just for example, um, let's see here. Let's find a – okay, Washington Rutgers on FS1 – had 971,000 people. That's, so you're telling me nearly as many people watched Utah State, Idaho State as Washington Rutgers?
0: Well, remember, it's not how many people are watching, it's how many views. So it's not necessarily the entire game.
1: There, That's the point, too. Yeah. So I think that's what they're getting at. But I don't care if it...
0: And that's what I'm saying. It sounds about
1: right. And then really quick, just for reference, one more, we'll get to the game. Troy Boise State on ESPNU. You want to take a crack at what the ratings were on that one?
0: Uh, I do no, not. Okay. Just, I'd rather you again. just tell me.
1: 194,000 people. 194K. Made I thought so. that would have been larger. But just a reference, but who cares? It's yeah. on Facebook. It's easy to watch. Just give me a clear picture, and we're good to go, right?
0: Yeah, and if you're a Utah State fan, you got to be happy about how your team rebounded from a you know pretty tough loss to Wisconsin. You know, you kind of expect them to be able to come out and put a whooping on a team like Idaho State, and especially before, before halftime that's exactly what they did. And I think you know Kent Myers had a lot to prove especially and you know the passing game had a lot to prove at least in my point of view and he had about as good a game as you could have you know 24 26 323 yards two touchdowns through the air and he also added 85 yards on the ground too and you know what I talked about as far as you know can this offense create big plays, if you go through the box score, they had nine plays through the air of more than 15 yards and nine plays on the ground of more than 10 yards. And that is exactly what this offense needs to do in order to be competitive in the mountain West.
1: All right. What I wanted to see was the running game. Did it get going? Um, yes. And who is, um, I think they have, Did they have a new starting running back in El Toro Allen? They might. hundred. I know it's Idaho state, so I'm not getting too far ahead of myself when they beat up on the Bengals, but 103 yards on 19 carries, a good clip. Juan Hunt had 10 for 50 on which is solid. And um, there was no Tony, Tony Lindsey.
0: Well, it says that Tony Lindsey apparently got a shoulder injury. So he did have 28 yards on six carries, but according to the Desert News, he's going to be off for a couple of weeks.
1: Oh, so... I, that. I He's not even the depth box score. He had 28 yards.
0: Oh, I must be uh, – what am I looking at right now? I'm, maybe I was looking at a, something – from last
1: week, but it's okay, but he's out for a couple weeks. I thought I saw something, but maybe Allen's a guy. If Lindsay's out for about a month or almost a month, Allen hundred three yards and Myers can run a little bit. We know and Hunt can do do some stuff. Maybe they found success, and we'll see when they actually play an opponent. Because the big swing going from Wisconsin to Idaho mm-hmm. State, I kind of want to see something between. Like they play Wake Forest next week. That would be a good barometer game for them because Wake's nothing, not overly impressive. Even though, just really quick update ESPN's matchup predictor right now, 90% chance it was a you know, Wake Forest victory. Well,
0: Wake Forest did look pretty good against Boston College on Saturday. I did watch that game a little bit, and we can talk more about it when we get into the preview for next week, but don't yeah. look past Wake Forest, especially since the Aggies are going to be going on the road for that game.
1: Sure. I just point out, like, more of a comp. Like, even Wake Forest at Wisconsin is still a. I'd rather play Wake Forest an easier chance to maybe win, but you're right. Oh so yeah. They did beat up on BC, but it's it's a it's a non ranked team and it's not an FCS team, so that's what give us a good chance to see what Myers could do, what Allen can do, what Hunt could do, what this defense can do, because they got after the quarterback a little bit here and there, but they won. Fifty one thirteen. 13 nothing more to say because this was expected. And I'm just glad anything any troubling issues we thought they had, they at least we at least got to see it taken care of even against a lower division team so congratulations aggies you are now one and one on the year there you go and i guess we'll go should we go in a chronological order or how do i do this might as well because espn does not espn does not have in the order but i know the first game was fresno state alabama correct it was Was that the first game of the weekend
0: we can just go there anyway
1: sure we'll start with it 41 10 let's move on no i'm kidding (laughs)
0: So somehow, somehow there's a lot of positives about this game. Or at least if you if you pay attention to other can... people, how much how much of this game did you actually watch?
1: I watched about a good first half of it because. I didn't want to watch Abilene Christian CSU. I didn't want to watch Gardner Web Web I and mean, all that much because you're FCS teams. I wanted to see what Fresno could do. I do know you had an issue and you missed the first 7 or 14 points because of trying to find the dang game. Yeah, well, yeah my internet channels. kind of
0: freaked out. And by the time I got the internet back, they were already down 14-0. So.
1: And and watch ESPN, you would think, because there's overlap and they put a buffer in sometimes, like, oh, this game's now on ESPN before ESPN 2. You would think if you're on the Watch ESPN app, if you just click on the dang game, it would take you to the game. Not always the case. But, so I missed the first touch. I'm like, oh, crap, 7-0. I saw some good things as well because, yeah, it's 41-10. It wasn't cl- relatively close, but there was a few times they, Fresno drove down the field, got got that early field goal where they had three points. He got, was a 27-yarder. They, Virgil, made some decent throws. Like, they were giving praise to, like, Keyshawn Johnson for what he could do. And they moved the ball a little bit here and there. But it wasn't anything... They couldn't go anything down the field all that much, really. They did have, like I said, a couple, that 26-yard touchdown at the end of the game. But I thought they offense actually looked okay when they're trying to do things, but Alabama is just so good, it's hard to take away from, so, oh, they, they'll they do great next week. But I thought they moved the ball okay at times because there's only one interception for Virgil, which is pretty good against his defense. And we looked at the other side, like when Alabama had the ball, yeah, Hurts had that first 75-yard, was it 79, 79-yard touchdown run on the first play, I think. They had a tough time stopping that offensive line. But they gave some who was that linebacker for Fresno it was like what 6'1", 250 they kept talking about? I
0: Jeffrey Allison.
1: Allison, yeah, I figured. He played pretty well. And it's there we read some review, previews to like oh nobody has the size to do anything against this team, but hit fourteen tackles, a sack, a TFL. I I they did okay. Like it's it could have been much worse just because of what we seen Fresno doing last year.
0: Okay, so I'll tell you what I'm I'll tell you what I'm disappointed in then.
1: I think the one big... Offensive line?
0: Yes and no. Because as everybody pointed out, yes. You know, they only allowed three tackles for loss. And they only gave up, I believe, one sack to Alabama the entire game. But the flip side of that that a lot of people overlook is, as a team, they only averaged 2.6 yards per carry. You know, Ronnie Rivers just was never really able to get it going. He only had 29 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. And... You know, even beyond that, you know, Virgil, I was a little disappointed that they didn't let him take more shots down the field than he did. It seemed a lot of the stuff they were taking was, you know, underneath stuff. You know, it didn't seem like he did through that many passes that were more than six or seven yards downfield. And while, you know, there were a couple of plays that sprung from it, you know, Marty Scott had a nice catch and, you know, Kyle Rittering had a tough catch that had a few yards after the catch, but... On the whole, I was a little disappointed that they didn't decide to air it out at least a little more often. You know, I remember the diving attempt that Jameer Jordan had, where I mean, it was not it was not an easy catch. To be fair, some people were giving him grief, but that was not an easy catch to make. And so I I, I give him a little bit of slack. Oh, right
1: for that. through his hands, jeez, that one.
0: It was. And, you know, like you said, the touchdown that Virgil ended up throwing to Grimm in the fourth quarter was right on the money, too. But they didn't really throw downfield beyond those couple of attempts. And so to me, that was one disappointment. You know, the run blocking, again, was a little bit of a disappointment. And, you know, as for as good as the front seven looked against Incarnate Word a week ago, like you said, they had trouble stopping Alabama's running game. And that was one of the things that I pointed out in my preview. is like, are you going to be able to force Hertz into obvious passing situations? And they didn't really do that because, you know, Hertz was too busy running all over them. And as a team, they had over 300 yards rushing. And I feel like that's a little problematic if you're thinking ahead to non-conference play. Like, if you are not going to be able to stop good running games... You know, how are you going to be able to stop a San Diego State or, you know, a Boise State or a Hawaii? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, again, McMarion, Marcus McMarion looked good in in kind of cleanup duty. But it just kind of depends on your perspective. And I think that I wasn't totally inspired by the play calling in this game. They had chances that they missed. You know, they had the interception in the end zone that, you know, Jackson Finch just basically dropped. And Alabama was able to turn that into three points. So it was just – it was one of those things where, yeah, you could see where there was some progress being made. But on the whole, I was still a little bit disappointed in how things turned out.
1: Well, you can be because when you look at the uh, – I know they ran very well. And Hurts only had – well, not only, but had those two huge runs. That's a big deal because actually look what they allowed. It's like Najee Harris. She only had 70 yards. Bo Scarborough... They didn't need to run the ball very much, but Scarborough ran the ball six times for 36 yards. And he only had a long of nine. So they there were a few plays here and there on the running game where they actually made some stops. Like, outside of those two long plays by Hertz, they had, they only allowed, really, a 25-yarder to Najee Harris. That's it. So there were... I thought they were... Yeah, they didn't make big plays when Hertz gets us two touchdowns, but maybe maybe i'm just looking for some optimism there and you look at out yeah take away big plays but they happen anyways maybe they would have ran the ball 10 straight times for 10 yards or you know what i mean like still got those same yards by four different running backs that still could have happened instead of a 55 yard one run it could have been eight running plays for 55 yards you still give up the yards took a longer but if you kind of break out a little bit like plays throughout where if you get rid of kind of longer plays quarterbacks aren't going to run as much against this team typically like Unless they play uh, Drew Brown run a little bit, Chapman won't, uh, San Jose State won't, maybe Rodgers for UNLV, but yeah, they almost gave up, what was it, nine yards per carry on defensively for the rushing game allowed. But given what Hurts did, they actually did reasonably well stopping the run. But it flips, I know, you still gave up 100 plus yards on two carries. So you got to look at both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Look, like, it's looking for something there. Was it just disastrous? But still,
0: yeah, you were still giving up. You were still giving up over five yards per carry to the running backs. You know what I mean? And that's I feel true. like, the, I mean, the truth I think is obviously somewhere in between how they looked against Incarnate Word and how they looked against Alabama. But there is that kind of lingering concern because we know that there are some pretty decent running games in this conference, and that's something that. You'll want to watch out for if you're Jeff Tedford in the defense. The, the, excuse me, the defensive staff.
1: So, were you satisfied with this game how it played out? For because we knew it wasn't going to be a win. They covered the giant spread. Were you say okay? I'm okay with how this result ha- came out came out to be.
0: I mean, sort of. I don't know.
1: That's very It's a bad loss. Still, you lose by 31 points.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the result by yards per play. And I actually went back and looked at this because other people were saying that, you know, they played hard and stuff like that. But by yards per play, they only allegate, they only had, you know, 4.3 yards per play, which was right in line with just about every high-profile blowout loss that they had in the last three years of the DeRuiter era. So, I mean, yeah, you could say they played harder, they didn't quit. That's all well and good, but the result was exactly the same. So make it that way you will basically
1: okay yeah I, there's some positives but still negatives it's still a long way to go so we'll see it happens so let's go to the we'll skip um i don't know what you're looking at here but let's go to the two afternoon, the next three afternoon games. got abilene christian colorado state uh 38 10 rams um, did their thing and nick stevens looked very well Look, or not very well excuse me looked very good running game was fine matthews dawkins uh kinsey ran well the Gallup had 100 yards and they shut basically shut down Abilene Christian
0: yeah it seemed like they had a little bit of a it, lull kind of in the middle of the game oh. they were up 17 nothing and then you know the offense had a little bit of triple getting things going for a little while obviously it didn't hurt them in the end like they were able to get it going in the third quarter and going into the end of the game where they outscored Abilene Christian 21 to 10 after halftime but you know on the whole it was it was fine, I guess. I watched most of this game, yeah. and they looked pretty solid, all things considered.
1: There's a couple things, like turnover on downs that happened. Okay, you go for it on fourth and two, you don't get it. You should be able to get that against this team. They had a fumble, but they got the interception back against Christian. Uh, they had a punt return allowed against them for a touchdown. A couple of things here and there, but it overall, it's like you went 38-10. to 10, Nobody got hurt, I don't believe. And you got Marvin Kinsey's got a good got five reps in a touchdown running the ball.
0: Well, and they continued their trend so far early in in non conference play of being able to force turnovers too. Uh, you know, Jamal Hicks ended up with two interceptions. That's the second straight week that a defensive back has had two interceptions for the Rams. And you know they put up you know eight tackles for loss, which against a team like Abilene Christian is exactly what you want to see. So, as, for as rough as they had it last week against Colorado, this was a nice win all around. I think for the Rams.
1: I don't think I'd say like with the two interceptions. This is kind of interesting thing here for the, their quarterback. They, play, they had four guys make a pass. Started with the, was Dallas Sealy. Just noticing he was fairly efficient, twenty five of thirty eight. But overall they're twenty six of forty five, which up what with that fifty five percent that's okay. Think that you would think that'd be lower when you look at where they had seven quarterback hurries in this game. You think, I don't know. just I'm just nitpicking a bit, but. Yeah, you know, seven QB here Q, hurries. They still allow their starter to go almost sixty percent completion rate. I'm just nitpicking, but that's just one little thing I noticed. But they passed well. They ran well. Turnovers were there. Congratulations, you're two and one. There you go. <laughs> it's an FCS game. What else do you want from us, folks? Right? <laughs> <laughs> just say like, come on. So, really. shall we move on then? <laughs> all right, let's get to Wyoming. Gardner Webb. What? Come on, it's okay. Uh, all right, come on. All right. Wyoming, 27-0 over Gardner-Webb. Congratulations on the great first half because second half, somebody hit the snooze button. Three points only and in the fourth quarter. So, we... I, I'm disip- you know what I'm disappointed in? They need to run the ball and find a running back, and they don't have one.
0: That was going to be my first point if you hadn't brought it up.
1: Sorry, sorry no, 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 it's fine because it is it yeah, running
0: pointing out. out. Because, you know, Kellen Overstreet and Milo Hall couldn't even crack two and a half yards per carry combined. That's not a good sign. And I think it was interesting. I think it was Robert Gagliardi pointed out that they pulled the red shirt from Trey Woods, who ended up having a couple carries late in the game. And he might be someone to watch going forward because the guys that they've had in the backfield in the first couple weeks just haven't been getting it done. And if you're not going to be able to find success against Gardner-Webb, that I think could be problematic for Josh Allen, who was good in this game. You know, 22 of 32, 328 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. But, you know, it seemed like in, in what I watched at this game, you were still seeing some instances where he was playing kind of like sandlot football. And... I don't know that you necessarily want him doing that too much, if that makes sense.
1: No, you we don't. We've seen what he's done when he when we played Iowa. Um, I mention these games all the time. Iowa, Nebraska, BYU, Eastern Michigan, San Diego State. And this is a bad team. That shouldn't be happening. It's when he plays good teams, and he has to be more disciplined, and especially especially when you're playing a team like this, you know, no need to be be fancy. Just go out there and play football. Because, like, yeah, Greg Bull's always a... He's like, Brett Favre, well, Brett Favre throws some stupid interceptions. I'm sorry, but you still can't have those. I don't care how good you are, do you want to get the ball between four defenders on a dime, where the receiver can only get it with his offhand? No, that's not going to cut it. You want to find the guys who are open, not necessarily the easy pass, but you want to find the best pass. I mean, the, you don't always have to make the big play every single time.
0: You know, on the flip side, though, there are some things I think they can be encouraged coming away from this game. You know, we know that Austin Conway is a viable number two, who actually led the Cowboys in receiving yesterday. Had a career high 135 yards and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I was gonna mention that too. Yeah, they found a the second receiver because you know you got CJ um, Johnson there, but Conway said 11 for 135. They did what they did, but I just want to see the running game is the biggest concern for me because they seem to not, not have anybody there.
0: And I think. And I think you can also be encouraged by the fact that, you know, Gardner-Webb was a... They relied a lot on their running game, and Wyoming held their own. You know, they only allowed 3.3 3 yards per carry you know, to the not only the Bulldogs. Did you know that they're the running Bulldogs?
1: Oh, they ran 52 times. What else is there to expect? you got to live up to the name.
0: That's true. But, I mean, I think that if you are if you're thinking ahead to the kinds of run-heavy teams that you're going to be seeing, especially in the Mountain Division... You know, they ended up with, you know, seven tackles for loss and they kind of forced them out of their element, especially late in the game where, you know, they were able to move the ball a little bit on the ground. You know, they probably want to improve upon allowing nine of 17 third down conversions. But, you know, for as run heavy as this offense was, I think it's a good sign if you're thinking ahead to, you know, Air Force in New Mexico in particular.
1: Well, we'll see what happens because they – who do they have upcoming? They, are they still a non-conference play? No, they had Oregon. That's right. So did you see any of that Oregon-Nebraska Nebraska game at all?
0: Oh, goodness.
1: I was watching a bit. I'm like – I'm looking for a game. I'm like, sitting on my computer. I have this dual monitor thing. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to write write my recap real quick for Wyoming because I'm like, well, it's, it's like hours late, but I'm almost done. still need to get something up. So I'm like, um, this game's a blowout. I watched it at Temple Villanova really quick. Hey, oregon Nebraska's playing. It was what forty-two points in the first half, and they nearly blew, nearly blew it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk about the ducks in our preview podcast because that was a really weird game.
1: They nearly, yeah, we'll we will, but I was just trying to see what they did. I'm like, oh, because Nebraska Arkansas State nearly beat Nebraska in the opener, but yeah, end up they scored zero points in the second half and one. It was forty-two to fourteen, and they nearly blew it. Jeez, we'll get to the ducks next week. And if you um, noticed our website, I put it on Twitter, I'll probably refreshes a pyre but it's the uh old joke everybody else does with the old duck hunt video game t-shirt mm-hmm. go buy it if you can i guess i don't know it's pretty cool but let's move on to um, what's the next game what's the other fcs game we have this week i my tabs are going crazy on me we had uh no, not fcs san jose state texas almost fcs game 56 to 0
0: oh that's not l- that's not cool
1: <laughs> i'm sorry, i apologize um so was it Todd Orlando correct, saying they're now na- back of the national title contention?
0: But here's, here's the question, though. Did they <laughs> did they display the appropriate amount of grit in this game?
1: You showed a team out 56 though, I'd say yes.
0: It was not a great performance from San Jose State. They basically got beat, and you know they ended up having a lot of this, the familiar problems that they had in the past. Especially when it came to running the football, Texas basically shoved it right down their throat. Four hundred and six yards on the ground and six touchdowns. That is not. Or
1: the Air Force? Come on, New Mexico. That's not good, you know. And conversely, they only rushed forty-two yards on their own. It. This is Texas team playing. Was it is Sean Ellinger? Is he a true freshman or a retro freshman?
0: He he is a true freshman.
1: All right. So Montel Aaron. Make it is. Uh, it's a tough start. You're going to ta- going to Austin take on Texas as a uh, freshman quarterback, and well, you go 12 of 23. This 56 points was just embarrassing.
0: It was kind of an uh, unenviable situation that Aaron was stepping into, and then he, I get you know, I don't know if he ended up getting pulling late or whatever, but we also saw an appearance from Sam Allen as well, which kind of makes me think that. Josh Love has kind of blown his opportunity at the starting job for good if they're already going to a third guy. But you know more so than that, I was also a little bit disappointed that the running game disappeared again. You know, we I thought that they were a little more resurgent after last week's Cal Poly performance, but you know, Dejon Allen was he only had five carries, but he led the team with 22 yards. And, you know, the two guys that we expected to have a solid season, you know, more Ziegler and Malik Roberson, seven carries, 11 yards between them. And, you know, if they're not the guys, San Jose State's going to have to figure out sooner or later who that number one guy is going to be. Because if Montel Aaron is going to be learning on the job, you know, we know they have talent receiver, but they're going to need some help in the backfield in order to be competitive.
1: Yeah, there's not much to take from this game. Like you mentioned with Love, I was doing my QB rankings. I mentioned that Love's probably done if they bring in Allen. But Allen probably just got into like, let's get him some reps. This game's out of reach. Let's see what he has just for future sake. It's. I doubt they're going to go to Allen over Aaron unless something crazy happens. But it's probably here. Get a few carries in there or a few under centers, a few passes. He went three of six. This deck is basically just like – it's like the chokehold game. Like you mentioned – Last year we were seeing Diego State-Fresno, but at least Fresno didn't get blown out by 56 points. It was only, like, if you go by quarter, 7 points, 14 points, 14 points. It's just a consistent, we're going to score, we're going to take our time and get touchdowns. There's no the only thing you could say about this game. You'd hope, hope. No, I don't see too much positives in this game, really, because there aren't any. They didn't move the ball well. Aaron only didn't even complete 50% of his pass. I guess you want to go to Frank Ginda, 12 tackles, uh, TFL?
0: Yeah, I mean, the only argument you could really make is that between this week and next week's game at Utah is try try not to get too down if they end up getting blown out next week by the Utes too. We may not really know how good this offense can be until they get into conference play a couple weeks from now.
1: So looking at next week's schedule, should I try to go to that game, or is that not worth my time?
0: Um... That depends on how you feel about blood sport. I think.
1: I am a U fan, so there's that. <laughs> I, I'm glad they beat BYU last night, so that's always a positive. I'm just here thinking about it. Well, should I go cover the game? Go introduce myself to Lawrence, who's been very nice to us from San Jose State? Or just uh, sit home and watch part of it because I w- really want to watch Stanford, San Diego State, so maybe I'm going to stay home. Well, well, we'll find out, I guess. I think staying home is the right call on that, right? That's the right call. has to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, good call. Because I can't stream CBS Sports Network, so that nixes me just watching that game. But sitting in the Rice Cycles press box, chugging a coke, when hoping uh whoever's quarterback doesn't get their head knocked off by a uh, Lo Tulalei or whoever or Chase Hansen or something getting a pick six. So next game, let's move on to the actual Mountain West here. We'll get to that game later because that'll be, I don't know, whatever. We'll get to the next game here. We don't need to discuss too far ahead. Um, let's go to Hawaii, UCLA. Dang it. I am upset about this matchup. Why is that? Because Hawaii, Hawaii didn't play close. 56 23, and my my way to get packed off network failed me, so I didn't get to watch hardly any of this game. Following along on Twitter, I will say this there are some positives in this game because with John Arsua playing, I figured, okay, they have a decent shot. But man, Josh Rosen, I think he's back to being what he was last year, or freshman year, I should say. Five touchdown passes. Nearly perfect, 22 of 25, 329 yards. He threw three of those to uh, Darren Andrews. They just, the second air from Hawaii, who we thought would be okay, had no shot in this game. There was nothing they could do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what's worth pointing out is that, especially in the first half, you know, even though it ended up getting out of hand, Hawaii had chances. You know, their very first drive, they start at their own 25, and they get all the way to the UCLA 34 before they end up in a 4th and 10. And, you know, even though it's probably not worthwhile to try and go for it in that situation, they pin UCLA at the 1 on their first drive. Then you, then they, you know, they go 99 yards for their first score.
1: 99 and then, yards! On seven yeah. plays only. And
0: then, you know, beyond that, you know, they got to the UCLA 32 on their second drive, and Ryan Meskell pushed a 50-yard attempt wide left. So, you know, th- that, those first two drives, they have almost 100 yards of offense and no points to show for it. And, you know, UCLA takes those opportunities and, you know, basically makes them pay for it. So.
1: Well, it's not just that. They miss field goal. They had a fourth and twenty-two. They go for it, get nineteen yards, get stopped. They had a uh, interception return for a touchdown, and then they go ten plays and get all the way down to the twenty-four and played on fourth down. Instead of going for a field goal at the twenty-four, which would be a, what's that, a forty-one yarder, they go for it on fourth of the ten. I don't know why. That's much closer than the fifty yarder they attempted. So there were chances to make this respectable in the first half, like you said. If you go every possession like in that first half wasn't very good something bad happened partly because no points but they they took hawaii took their chances and moved the yeah, ball they just didn't I, get you know the end zone or get i the think uppers.
0: that's probably the biggest disappointment is you know they were able to move the ball on the ground but they weren't able to stop josh rosen and you know obviously there probably isn't a quarterback of rosen's caliber in the mountain west but you got to do better than allowing 22 or 25 that's like what an 80 something percent completion rate
1: yeah good very good
0: yeah so you know i think it's a positive that they were able to move the ball drew Drew brown had a had an okay game all things considered you know 23 of 38 227 yards and two touchdowns and obviously diosme saint Just had a pretty good game as well he had over 150 yards but at some point, that defense is going to have to find some answers because they got pushed to the limit by Matt UMass, and they basically got torn apart by UCLA. And you know, if you look at the schedule going forward, it's really not going to get that much easier for them.
1: Yeah, because even if you look at, let's just say, like to play, just like okay, let's see what happens here. Let's just say they scored points in those drives. Like the first time they punt, whatever you punt in the first drive, that's fine. But you get a field goal, three more points. They get a touchdown, that's fourteen to ten. Let's just say on that going forward on downs where it's fourth say, let's say they get the first down and end up with a field goal, because they got nineteen yards. They're pretty close. That's maybe three more points or 21 to 21, uh, thirteen. Let's just say they um, end of the end of the half they kick a field goal instead. Yeah, it's nine more points. That could have changed the game a little bit, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're gonna get touchdowns and all those, but then they go end of the half, they go uh, what do I say the uh, fourth of 10 24 they could have had realistically maybe 12 more point well nine more points on the board, which doesn't seem like a lot but if you get 32 points maybe there's no pick six. there's no 99 yard touchdown drive. I don't think it would have made the game that much of a difference but there's a blown chances on offensively on this game even though they move the ball very well, you're playing UCLA but you got to finish teams that are you got to finish your drives. And I get I love Nick Rolovich going for it on some of these fourth and twenty two he gets nineteen freaking yards, that's pretty bold. And if they can convert those and get get points out of them, it maybe maybe it's forty to thirty two, a much better game than fifty six twenty three. I don't think it would have been a victory, but you're right, the defense when they're playing San Diego State, when they're playing UNLV can do a little bit here and there. Maybe uh, Fresno if we once we see them play a more comparable team. They move the ball well, but like you said, defense, man, they gotta they gotta find something, because Tavai only had four tackles in this game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's also worth noting that they were fifty percent on third down conversions, which is actually really good, you know, considering the potential mismatch there. But it was those zero for three on fourth downs that really made the difference in this game. So if you're if you're gonna look for a positive, you know, we knew they were gonna be explosive. The question, I think that some people had was were they going to be able to be efficient and in a lot of respects i think they were in this game it's just the breaks didn't go their way
1: do you still think that they are the number two team in the west
0: i think they probably are i mean i think that they may have more severe questions on defense than i suspected but i think the offense is definitely going to make them competitive in the division
1: All right, let's go to the next game here. Let's go to UNLV Idaho. Sweet, sweet revenge for the Rebels.
0: A very convincing win.
1: This was an interesting game because, yes, it was convincing. 44-16. That third quarter, they just blew the doors off of the Kimmy Dome. And here's the thing that's interesting looking at it. Like, okay, how do they get 44 points? Well, first off, you got Lexington Thomas. And we should note um, Charles Rod – excuse me, Charles Williams – is, I believe he's now – is it official he's out for the year?
0: I hadn't seen anything to that effect. I just think he was out for the game.
1: I saw that. Hold on. From Tyler Bischoff, he um, he does some stuff for uh, AM 720 uh, down there in UNLV. I have a tweet here. Uh, yeah, out for, season-ending ankle surgery. So he, he didn't even play, or at least maybe he didn't get any carry. So it's all Lexington Thomas. 190 yards, three touchdowns. That's how he won. They won this game. But Armani Rodgers, I'm like, okay, that's see what he can do. Like, oh, let him loose. 10 of 16, 193, it's TD a pick. Okay, that's, that's not bad. Until you consider, not to be all negative, one of those passes was a nice 94-yard toss to Devontae Boyd. Outside of that, 9 of 15 for 99 yards isn't very good.
0: Yes and no. I mean, did you happen to see the highlight of that 95-yard strike, though?
1: Of course I did great because
0: that was a, that was a dime
1: <laughs> it was yes it's in our highlight reel for the week week two or yeah week two games i saw i'm just saying like I, i'm just maybe nitpicking but no that throw was amazing and he got it right there to boyd for the touchdown i was looking I mean, over i'm looking at 44 points where did they come from they didn't come from rogers not that he played poorly but i was just looking around like 44 points is a lot when your quarterback has less than 200 yards passing.
0: Here's what, okay, so I'm going to say this, because I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the Howard game last week, but I did watch pretty much all of this game. Armani Rodgers, I think, is for real. And, Even though know, he had two fumbles? I Yeah, because... Well,
1: I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Cam Newton thing ticks me off. I'm, I'm going to probably be too hard at him forever.
0: Well, yeah, but that wasn't... I mean, we can tap the brakes on that kind of comparison, but I mean, I watched him play in this game... And yes, maybe he was a little more of a, of a game manager in this particular instance. But, you know, we saw what he could do with the 95-yard with the play to Boyd with his arm. But you also saw a lot of what he could do with his legs. And, you know, you said it was all about Lexington Thomas on the ground. That maybe is only half true because Armani Rogers chipped in with 86 yards of his own. And he looked really fast as a runner. And obviously with the size that he has, looked like a very tough runner as well. And so I think that you, know, we knew coming into the year this was going to be their strength, was running the football. And that's exactly what they did, not only with Thomas and, and Rodgers, but also with Xavier Campbell, who chipped in with 81 yards of his own. So they didn't really give him a lot of opportunities to throw the football. Like They didn't really need him to. You know, he was only two of five, especially on third downs, um, which is, you know, okay, not great. But again, he didn't really need to be in this game, but I think that if they need him to be going forward, that he's gonna be up to the challenge.
1: All right, so the running game's good. He looks he looked good running the ball and throwing the ball. I just forty four points is long, I'm trying to kinda of figure out. But how good to Idaho, are they weren't they predicted what third in the sun belt, I believe? I don't
0: remember off the top of my head. But
1: trying to check here on the quick uh, preseason mags, but they're the they're, they're good David could good quarter, uh, quarterback there in Lenahan. He threw for 260 yards. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't uh, one of the better guys in the um, Sunbelt. You got, but he got silvers and
0: yeah, I mean, it wasn't too. like a, you know, like a, like an a plus performance by the UNLV defense, but I do think that they deserve a lot of credit from rebounding from last week's disaster. Because, you know, they only gave up, you know, 300... I was going to say, they only gave up 384 yards of total offense, which doesn't sound great. But, you know, Idaho ran a few more plays than they did, and they only allowed 5.5 yards per play, which is pretty solid, all things considered. And while they only had three tackles for loss, they also forced a turnover as well. So, yeah, maybe there are things that still need to be worked on. But I think on the whole, you know they held Idaho to five of 15 on third downs. They were relatively penalty free. And I think that those are things that you can hold on to going forward.
1: All right, real quick. Idaho was six from the uh, composite magazine type of projection. So they won a bowl game last year. So that's what we got, right? They beat up on Colorado state.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a good win. I think it's, I think as as weird as it sounds to say, it might be kind of like a statement win. Like no, yeah, last week was embarrassing, but we're actually pretty pretty decent. If that makes sense.
1: Um, really quick for you, I got some odds that just popped up real quick. Um, if you're the um, oh never mind. So really quick, Utah State, Wake Forest, Wake Forest is a two touchdown favorite. Okay. That seems like a lot. And San Jose State's a 26 point dog to Utah, so. Ooh. Just just popped up it was just popped up, so I just happened to check out Odd Shark really quick on Twitter. So Alright, let's get to the next game here. Toledo, Nevada. I was pleasantly surprised in Nevada's defense at some points in this game.
0: They were put into a lot of really difficult situations in this game.
1: They were they made it like the game ended up being thirteen point difference. That fourth quarter Toledo only got the field goal, but there's times where Toledo couldn't get it on, I believe, is at least once or twice, like I'm like, God, oh, they need to stop inside like the fifteen yard line defensively. And they held Toledo at least uh, once or twice, a couple times on downs, I believe. They got a held him to a miss field goal. No, that was it. It was a missed field goal where they got him inside close where it's 34 24 missed field goal. But then, of course, Nevada can't take advantage a fumble. Okay, great. They got Toledo. Toledo goes three and outs. Interception by Nevada. Like they had end of the game, they were in this game. They had like multiple chances to get inside to score. They were at the Toledo thirty yard line after a huge play. I know I'm bouncing around, but fourth quarter was not kind to Nevada when they ended up losing 37-24. Their defense did some good things, but man, then they they, they just, offense couldn't get going that fourth that final frame where their defense stepped up big time for them.
0: I mean, I kind of think a lot of it had to do with the fact that their special teams really put them in a hole, especially in that first half. Because if you look at the drive chart, Toledo's starting field position, especially on their first five drives, is kind of absurd. Because they started at the 50, or in Nevada's side of the field, on each of their first five drives. And that was when they ended up scoring their first 17 points, and it could have been worse if not for, as you pointed out, the fact that they had a goal line stand at one point in that first half. So I think when you consider
1: and a, in a negative negative play and that when they got at the forty four yard line or forty six yard line, minus six yards, three and out. So defense it took Toledo a little while to get going as well. This wasn't like a little we figured Logan Woodside would just crush him and sling the ball across the field. But Nevada's defense, yeah, thirty seven points, but they They made some plays. Woodside only had 232 yards.
0: Yeah, I mean, the flip side of that, though, which is something that I think might still be kind of the Achilles heel of this defense is that they gave up almost 200 yards rushing. And some of that, I think, has to be adjusted for with the, you know, tackles for sack. Actually, Nevada didn't have any sacks. Never mind. Okay, so they ran the ball a lot, but I'm noticing just now that they had only 3.2 yards for carry which is surprising to me. And, you it know... Is.
1: And they only allowed a couple 10-plus-yard plays, not that many.
0: Yeah, and Toledo was relatively, you know, penalty-prone. You know, they ended up having 14 penalties for 110 yards.
1: So can I go back to blaming the offense and those fourth-quarter chances they had? Or is it, I say offense and special teams. Like you mentioned the uh, field position and then end of the game where they had chances to put up points and they couldn't do it.
0: I mean, I think yes and no, because on the one hand, Tyler or Ty Ganji had basically the same kind of game he had against Northwestern a week ago. Like he had the exact same 19 of 37, but he also had, you know, a bit of explosiveness on his side. Like they ended up having five plays of more than 15 yards. And four of those plays for over 30 yards, including two uh, that you know long touchdown they had to McLean Mannix, which was 75 yards, I believe, on one play late in the second half. So I think that the fact that they continue to be explosive is a good sign for this offense. But what they're gonna need to work on is just kind of what I said last week. They're gonna have to find a way to be more efficient because yes, the explosiveness is good what's not as good as the fact they were only five of 13 on third downs. Like they're going to have to figure out a way to keep the chains moving at some point.
1: And, and they didn't run the ball very well, all that well either. Maybe, maybe Kincaid and Jackson, Jackson Kincaid's are running back. average averaged about what five yards a carry, but only 12 attempts yeah. for 63 yards. So that, that's not too bad, but you got to run the ball more and mix it up because when your quarterback's under 50% passing, you got to move the ball somewhere else. And, you look at his yardage, almost half of it came on those two plays. That 75-yarder and the 50-yarder to the Demps, to white Demps. you got to kind of find a balance and move the ball. But it's – i this game, the result doesn't surprise me. It's just kind of how it ended up playing out. Because Toledo getting 37 points, I could see that. But it was a hard-fought 37 points. It wasn't them just going down the field and Logan Woodside going to, like, say went 24-30 for 350 yards. He – wasn't his normal well, that's still a good game for him but he wasn't as explosive as what Toledo's normally done in the past so what does this make you think of Nevada a little bit is it still work on the defense work on finishing offensive drives and that they might be better than we thought like are they better than San Jose State right now you think
0: oh yeah definitely
1: what about Fresno State probably okay
0: I mean I think that on the whole for uh, Nevada has played a I mean, obviously, yes, Alabama, but also Incarnate Word. I mean, I think that Nevada has shown that it can hold its own against quality opponents, which, you know, maybe it won't necessarily be pretty in some games against, like, San Diego State, for instance. But they're starting to look more and more like a team that could pull an upset or two in conference play if they can find... a a greater degree of efficiency.
1: Especially passing the ball. Yeah. Alright, ready for the uh near comeback with a th- we can officially call them the throwbows now, right?
0: I think we can, yeah.
1: We got some love on Twitter, people liking the throwbows. That's nice, the hashtag. Mm-hmm. So thirty to twenty eight. fourth quarter points for the Lobos. I missed the beginning. I mistakenly thought it was a safety. That was not a safety that happened there.
0: It was not. It was a blocked extra point uh, attempt.
1: Return for touchdown. Yes. Okay, a couple things here. Yeah, they came back. They're down, what, 30 to 25? Like, this game, I'm like, come on. Or 30 to 5, excuse me. I'm like, what's going on here? Biggest takeaway, what the heck, rushing game. How does this happen? You're held to 176 yards against New Mexico State. Sorry, Aggies, but... Lobo should be tripling that amount versus any team, essentially.
0: I mean, I think part of that, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Some of it had to do with turnovers, you know, because they ended up, I believe, having two fumbles on the game. And, you know, Lamar Jordan just didn't help himself by throwing two interceptions as well. And that was, I I think, a really significant part of how this game turned out because... You know, New Mexico was able, or rather, New Mexico State was able to turn that into points more often than not.
1: Yeah, they were plus two. Four, four turnovers to two turnovers. Penalties played a big deal. 13. Two of 13 on third down. They weren't efficient. And a little bit too, if they're wanting to throw more, they were down early, so they had to throw the ball a little bit to catch up. And they nearly did. And, like, when you look at the combined passing numbers, I'd have to clearly look and see what happened, but this, pro- this has to be their best passing game since Bob Davey was their head coach.
0: Yeah, without... I, I wish I had taken the time to look that up before we started. But, you know, I think there's a couple of things worth pointing out. Like, I don't know if it, there's necessarily a quarterback competition now. But, you know, Takava Tuyati did, on, on the whole, have a pretty decent night. You know, he was 10 of 19, 151 yards, two touchdowns. But he was very streaky in those attempts. Like, he was 6 for his first 8, and then he missed 5 passes in a row. And then, you know, he kind of came up clutch, especially late, when they had the the chance to tie it, where he had the 19-yard touchdown to Jay Griffin. But, you know, if you look even further into the numbers, you'll see that they were only 1 of 8 on 3rd down throwing the football. And that was, you know, really troublesome. <laughs> like, they, they needed to be better because they just... Needed to be able to extend drives. And so I think if you're looking for anything out of this offense, like if they want to be able to throw the ball more, they're going to need to be able to do it to extend drives. And that wasn't something that they were able to do against the Aggies. And it came back to bite them in the end.
1: Yeah, they, it's, I just like I was waiting for the score. I'm like, I, I gave up. There's so many good games on. I'm like, I'm sorry I'm not watching this fourth quarter and I should have. Got everything else going on. I'm like, what am I gonna do? Too many good games, but I there's no word right now. I, I've been poking around at the Albuquerque Journal, looking on Twitter. No word on what the quarterback situation is going to be. But while however streaky um, Tuivato was, or Tuivato was, he also didn't turn the ball over and had two passing touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's also true.
1: So I you got to look at that too of him actually scoring points. You got he scored points in Lamar Jordan did not score points. He threw the exact same percentage but had 48 fewer yards and Jordan had negative yards of rushing the ball where he normally could run for a good what 30 to 50 yards per game. That's mm-hmm. kind of what the expectation is from him.
0: I mean, the other big disappointment when you're thinking about their first two games as a whole is yeah, they they went up against Sablin Christian in their opener and yeah, the Wildcats ended up going 99 yards on their first drive, but they they buckled down on defense after that. And basically held the offense in check, which was pass-heavy, by the way, pretty much the entire game. And in this particular instance, they just didn't have an answer for Tyler Rodgers. You know, he dropped back to pass 57 times, and they only had one sack. Like, they need to be able to rush the passer a little bit better than they showed yesterday. Otherwise, you know, we know that there are teams in their division that are going to be able to throw the football one way or another. I'm you know, thinking about Josh Allen, thinking about Burt Ripon. If he's healthy, we'll get to that in a minute. But they're going to need to find a pass rush if they want to survive in this division.
1: Exactly. Let me ask you this really quick, because this was one of the Twitter questions we had. And normally I'd go for the preview, but we're going to we're gonna go to the Boise State game here in a second. New Mexico plays Boise Thursday night. Their question was, who has the... Who's at the bigger... Who It goes, who has it worse on the short week? Boise or New Mexico. I'm going to say Boise because they, New Mexico's offense is pretty unique. And I would always give advantage to uh, New Mexico or Air Force or a team that runs that type of offense. And now saying with we'll get to the Boise game the injuries with quarterback. But also got New Mexico with their quarterback um, conundrum perhaps. Quarterback uh, questions. I will go that way. But I would say Boise has it worse going into this week because We'll get the game. Cozart looked shaky in that four qu- fourth quarter.
0: And I, I think I would agree when you consider that when you have one last day to prepare for this offense, usually never a good thing.
1: Two days, um, it's Thursday.
0: Yeah, or yeah, two days, rather. So, yeah, with we'll, we'll start talking about the Boise game in a minute. But, you know, they looked stout for three quarters and then just didn't. You know, New Mexico kind of had the opposite problem where they looked horrible for three quarters and then came alive. So while I think it's both teams are going to have obstacles that the other is going to have to prepare for, Boise State's probably going to have a little more of a challenge on their hands.
1: All right, ready for the Boise game now? Boise and Washington State, uh, or should we wait that for last and do San against State?
0: No, let's talk. Let's let's
1: talk about this game. Boise. What happened? Cozart happened. That's what happened. I had a tweet. Kozar's looking good. That tweet should be thrown in shreds <laughs> because the next few plays... Let me let, me, let me do this for you guys. Let me throw a shovel pass for pick six. Let me go out of bounds when we don't need to go out of bounds and try to forcefully attempt to go out of bounds when the clock is in our favor. Let's do this that's completely different than what we've done this whole game. I, it was It's just Kozar. Like, he... Here's that's what happened. They blew here. Boise for those who didn't stay up to watch. Boise had a 21 point lead in the fourth quarter, lost the game in triple overtime because a pick six off of a stupid uh, shovel pass, a uh, touchdown after a punt where it hit a Boise play or something, and Washington State recovered a punt, a fumble punt, scored a touchdown, and then there was some other uh score in there i'm missing at the moment but yeah that's basically what happened (laughs) to get to to get to overtime is that oh man that shovel pass still that's ridiculous that should never happen never happen
0: you know and in the same way that we just talked about tuyati being very streaky like if you if you look at the breakdown of completions or rather pass attempts in this game you can see a similar kind of thing happening because, you know, obviously Brett Ripon was seven of eight before he got knocked out of the game, but you know, early on, Mont or you know, Cozart was doing pretty well. You know, he had you know three plays, especially the big touchdown catch, but catch and run by Cedric Wilson, the forty-seven yarder that capped off a nine for eleven stretch, where that was when Boise State was still cruising, and then after that.
1: Not he very was, good. what,
0: two for his last nine. And, and that includes all the, the overtime attempts and stuff like that. It just, you know, if one or two plays goes differently, it maybe changes the, how the game turns out. But if you also look at the situations he was in when he was throwing those passes, you know, starting with the, his, his last first down throw to to Cedric Wilson, it was a third and eight beyond that. It was, like, impossibly long obvious passing situations second and seventh second and twenty-five, third and nine second and twelve, third and 12 where they were just asking him to make plays so yeah it was a little bit of a, of a of a of a letdown late in that game but also they weren't necessarily putting him in situations where he was going to succeed all the
1: time well the running game kind of stalled a little stalled a little bit here and there as well
0: yeah i mean i think that that's another concern.
1: But did they need to throw as much as they did? Probably not. Like, here's the thing. Like, here, here's the – okay, I get the game's title. I was going to look at a second and 25. But let's just say, like, here's where they punt. Three plays. Here's where he went out of bounds. Okay, this is after the touchdown, after the stupid shovel pass, where they were driving too. He had a – he, uh, Cozart ran the ball for a couple yards. He got that Cedric Wilson first down, like you mentioned. Open a second and seven. Then instead of him taking the sack or – it may not even have been a sack. It may have been, like, a yard gain or a no gain. Who cares? Third and seven. Clock's still ticking. You're probably going to win the game with five minutes and 50 seconds left. So, but they get the touchdown, so it's 31-24. It's like, all right, there's five, minute, there's five minutes left. What can we do here? So, got the false start penalty. They're back at their stinking five-yard line. They get, they do get a first down. Or, not a first down. They get a couple yards by Madison. They – Kozart runs for great, so it's third and four. He doesn't get the first down, but – I believe he also goes... Is that the play he goes out of bounds, I believe?
0: I don't remember off the top of my head.
1: I want to... I'm trying to think what it was. No, I remember because I was pissed at that point. That's the play where he actively tries to go out of bounds. It may not have made a difference, just because it had been, what, 310 on the clock, instead of 359, whatever it Mm -hmm. may be. But then it's the punt where it bounces off some Boise player and they get the ball. That's the big issue. That was the big turning point. It was special teams blunder. Well, it's all combined, but the special teams play, and then they go four plays and get a touchdown. This shouldn't have happened. You're Boise, boy, I don't think it's ever, I don't remember how far it's been back, but giving up a 21-point lead should never happen. And then overtime was they got lucky they didn't lose in overtime earlier.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I just feel like, you know, I feel like it's a little unfair to put the entire thing on Kozar's shoulders.
1: Shovel pass, man! Come on, that should never have happened.
0: No, I mean you're right about that, but that was just kind of one in a sequence of things that went away, you know, that got away from them.
1: But it, but that's my point. I get it. it's a it's a whole game. A lot of stuff happened. Like the punt, that's that's unfortunate. How washed you recover? But okay, it's th- it's second and seven. On that play, let's say he just goes, uh, just takes the ball down. It's third and eight, third and nine. They may not get the first down. But you're not giving them seven point, uh, fourteen or seven points to tie the game, or whatever, or yeah, to get within. Sorry, to get within a, a touchdown. You're up fourteen points at that point. Just, it just doesn't matter. They give up the touchdown there. Boise's offense just stalled because the campus Aaron in Pullman was rocking at that stadium. But even if they don't get the first down, they're still putting them back. It takes them. You're up fourteen, and say they have to go seventy-five yards, and there's only five minutes left in the game. I know they're a quick-striking offense, but to me, that's the re- that's the play that cost them the game.
0: I mean, I'd, and I'd say that there's probably not one thing that went wrong. It was a sequence of events that went wrong. Because, you know, one thing we haven't even talked about yet, which probably is not going to come up in a lot of analyses, is, you know, they're up one score. They get the ball back at their own 10-yard line. First and 10, they get hit with a 5-yard penalty for a false start. Yeah. That's right. And... You know, they rush for three, eight, and three yards. And guess what? If that penalty never happens, that's a first down where they're able to extend the drive. So, yeah, while the the shovel pass is going to stand out in the highlight reels, you know, this was kind of one thing after another. It was the shovel pass and that ball start and that, you know, fumbled punt. And, yeah. you know, the...
1: And going out of bounds instead of running the clock off. Yeah. I, I get your point, and it is a big play that stands out. But again, the way – yeah, you're right. The way the offense is going, were they being too conservative because they didn't want Kozart to throw the ball? Is that why they ran, ran, and ran every play at the 10-yard line? Or I guess the 5-yard line? Because like you said, they ran up first down. Kozart took off on second down. I don't remember if that was a designed run or not. But they give the to Kozart again. Cozart again runs the ball back-to-back plays.
0: And, I mean, I think that it also kind of obscures the fact that for most of the game – the defense played great. Like I'm, I'm trying to.
1: Yeah. And we, we didn't even mention Luke Luke Falk got taken out as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, did he? Didn't he get knocked
1: out of this game? He got benched for a moment, and then he got knocked out.
0: I mean, I and you know they ended up with five sacks as a team, and I think that you know Leighton Vander Esch especially, you know. Probably the defensive player of the week: 16 tackles, two sacks, and a, and a forced fumble. In this game, it you know it looked like it would be a little bit more of a defensive struggle for a while than it actually ended up being. But I think it's a credit to this defense, and I, I wish I could find the breakdown by by quarters. But it wasn't really until you know late in that third quarter, early in that fourth quarter, where things started coming to life. You know, they had a 74-yard field goal drive in the second quarter but there was a long stretch where you was you know three and out three and out you know four plays 13 yards and they ended up forcing you know three turnovers heading into that fourth quarter as well things just ended up kind of getting away from them where they ended up being forced onto the field a lot in that fourth quarter
1: the first offensive touchdown for washington state came with 10 excuse me eight minutes left in the fourth quarter they had no and that was when they scored their 24th point because looking around, I'm like, when's the last time I put on Twitter, when's the last time Mike Leach's offense has never scored a touchdown? And it was getting to that point where, think about it. scores I get overtime, but 47 points you score in your first touchdown on offense is until midway through the fourth quarter. The defense is legit. The offense just screwed up. Special teams screwed up. And then overtime, yeah, who cares? You're at the 25-yard line. It's not too hard to score. And then when you look at overtime really quick, like – Boise's defense made a huge stand. Like, they forced. Hey, the, for overtime, where Boise scored, got a field goal. 34 31. It's like, crap, only field goal. They Washington State had, at the, uh, let's see, five yard line, first a goal at the five, second a goal at the one, third a goal at the one. Don't get fourth a goal at the one. They take a penalty to push it back five yards. And then the funny thing, did you notice Boise declined the second delay of game penalty? I did. <laughs> they declined. So that's a huge stand. Then. The next touchdown, um, it's going to be the final touchdown. Boise gets field goal, or no, maybe not. Sorry, that's a wrong play. They, uh, yeah, they had a third and two, and they nearly stopped. Well, whatever. That analysis doesn't count. I was thinking of something else. Sorry, but but they their defense came up time and time again, stopping the play. But I just go back to that fourth quarter of just the offense not converting and doing what they normally do. Not not that blaming Kozar, but you have a couple offensive possessions where. You get the big number 99 gets that touchdown for Boise State, figure the game's over, and then you start doing weird stuff. And what we don't know is that – go, go ahead real quick.
0: Well, I was just going to point out something I don't think we've mentioned so far. Is the offensive line going to be okay? Because
1: – That's a good question. I don't know.
0: Because through two games, and yes, small sample size and everything, but – By the numbers, only five teams in the entire country have given up more tackles for loss than Boise State has, and only six teams have allowed more than Boise's eight sacks. If they can't get that sorted out sooner or later, that could cost them this year's chance at the conference title. I think it could.
1: The offensive line does need to get better, clearly. What we also need to look at is who's going to play quarterback because there's no – Boise gave no word. Brian Harsin said nothing about an update. Obviously, it has to be a concussion, the way he got hit and left the game. He was in street clothes. Are you confident of Kozar being your starting quarterback for four quarters versus New Mexico?
0: I mean, I think considering what we just saw from New Mexico's defense this past week, I would say, yeah, probably. But I would rather have Ripon, <laughs> obviously. I didn't really understand the the panic that some Boise State fans had, and at least early in that game before he got knocked out, I felt kind of justified because he looked pretty good right up until he got hurt.
1: Well, they were already – before he got hurt, they were already sticking in Cozart as well. It wasn't like it was uh, ripping and then Kozart came in. Cozart was already – wasn't he already getting – reps in the game before Rippen got hurt I believe I,
0: I don't remember that off the top of my head but I just know that he looked pretty sharp all things considered but the offensive line just kind of let him yeah, down yeah he was 7
1: yeah 7 of 8 trying to take a quick look but yeah the Luke Falk got injured taking out of the game um, no Kozura did come in at least once or twice in a drive before Rippen left the game okay so Boise Boise loses this is a tough game it's an exciting game to watch like out of all the games you can watch on this weekend like you had Notre Dame Georgia ended up being a one point game Clemson Auburn was a snoozer in my opinion was it, was it 14-6 to Ohio State Oklahoma was pretty good but triple overtime well it's crazy man backup quarterback battle Whew. I
0: think I think Auburn's quarterback just got sacked again
1: <laughs> I think Boise is glad they're not Auburn's offensive line at the moment
0: yeah right <laughs>
1: All right, so that was it. Uh, Boise, um, that's a tough one, but they covered. That counts, right?
0: The, that they did.
1: All right, Arizona State, San Diego State, stupid Pac-12 network. But is Richard Penny going to be player of the week? He was named Walter Camp National Player of the Week.
0: He probably
1: will be. Penny had, what, what did you say, 130 yards in, what, 10 seconds of game time? was it something like that? 90 no, seconds I, of game time?
0: I happened to catch. I happened to catch the box score like right after he had returned his ninety-nine-yard kick, or no? It was, it was the first run. It was the ninety-five-yard run. He had a hundred and seven yards and a score in the first ninety seconds of the game.
1: Just rushing, right? Just rushing only, correct?
0: They might as well just rename the Pac-12 Network the Richard Penny Network.
1: Oh snap! He. He just is off the chain. Two hundred sixteen yard rushing. The night, like you said, ninety nine yards. I guess he is going to return kicks more often because this is the game he didn't mention. But dude, take as many kicks as you want, man. Ninety nine yards a touchdown. I think it was probably was that the opening kickoff. I'm assuming.
0: Uh, no, it was a little bit later on.
1: Or was it the first kick they received?
0: I think it was the first kick he received, but he ran the the ninety five yard back first.
1: Okay, I was just curious if to see like maybe he's going to take like the because you want to stay fresh and everything, maybe give him the first kick of the game return, just so it's, um, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, let's get that out of the way, kind of, so he's not every, the four or five extra attempts he has touching the ball just to get tired. But he, like, there's people saying, like, he's better than Donald Pumphrey. Do you think that's the case?
0: I think he's a different kind of running back than Donnell Pumphrey. I think it's kind of unfair to both to say that one is better than the other, because they're both clearly very good.
1: They are very good.
0: And let's and let's not forget Let's not forget he had a screen touchdown that he he turned into, you know, another opportunity to make an Arizona State defender look silly. You know, it was a 33-yard touchdown where the guy had, like, literally no chance to catch him, and I felt really bad for him after watching that highlight. Yeah,
1: don't don't worry about it. He's good.
0: That that man had a family.
1: (laughs) Okay, fine, maybe a little bit. But this is all Rashard Petty. Even Jawan Washington. Juwan Washington did all right, fifty-six yards. Christian Chapman, the ultimate game manager. Sorry, David. I'm gonna say it. Nine of eighteen for seventy-three yards, and half that was on that screenplay. And to be to be fair, give all the credit to Petty as well for those thirty-three yards.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and Chapman acknowledged on Twitter. Actually, uh, he had said that he he knew he didn't have his greatest game, but he gave props to everybody else for picking him up. You know, not only Penny, but also, let's not forget about the defense, which, you know, basically ate Arizona State's offense alive for most of the game.
1: Well, Manny Wilkins did pretty good throwing the ball. He had a couple touchdown passes. It was only a 10-point game. However, the stick in half was where they just shut him down.
0: They basically made Arizona State one-dimensional, though, because, yeah, Manny Wilkins had almost 300 yards passing, but they averaged only 1.4 yards per carry. You know, their leading running back, Kalen Ballage, is a very good running back. He only had 44 yards on the ground, less than 3 yards a carry.
1: Wilkins was sacked 5 times as well, so there's that. It,
0: yeah, so you have to adjust for that a little bit, but, yeah, I mean, the defense was basically dominant. You can look at a guy like Noble Hall, who uh, had a sack and a half and two forced fumbles, you know. Chibu Onye Uku had, you know, a tackle and a half, or a tackle for a loss and a half, and a sack and a half. So, and I believe Tariq Thompson, if I'm not mistaken, also recovered another another fumble. So the kids are still all right in that secondary too.
1: They're good, yeah.
0: You know, this San Diego State defense, we knew coming into the season is going to be really legit, and it's going to be really fun to watch their game next week against Stanford.
1: Stanford, who got kind of, after the good first half versus USC, or first quarter and a half, kind of just faded away into obscurity.
0: Yeah, but you know, they still have a lot to offer, and you know, we know now that the Aztecs are basically in the driver's seat for whatever, you know, New Year's Day bowl hopes that the conference has. So, you know, next week's game, and we'll talk about that more in the preview, is going to be a must-watch, but I think that with what they've done in the first couple of weeks, you know, if they can take the running game away from Stanford, that could, you know, be – that's probably the recipe for an upset.
1: All right, since we're wrapping up here really quick, I'm pulling up the current lines for that game. It's at San Diego okay. State. What do you think the uh, current line is at the moment for Stanford? I would s- – Remember, I'd it's say- Q. It's on CBS Sports Network. It's a night game.
0: Stanford minus 13 and a half.
1: Cool. You don't, you don't like San Diego State, do you?
0: I just think that, you know, Stanford, we know they're going to be a very good team. And so I kind of expect it to be a little bit inflated.
1: It is currently, it's, I'm looking about four books here. It's about eight and a half right now. Oh, okay. One book, if you're lucky enough, if you had the, uh, I'm not sure which one this was, but they, it started off Stanford minus seven then quickly jumped to 9.5 to 10, and now it's kind of stabling back down to between 8.5 and and 9.
0: I think that that's a serious sign of respect for the Aztecs.
1: What is the Stanford rank now? Are they ranked 20th, I believe, at the moment?
0: I don't have the poll in front of me.
1: I know San Diego State should be getting more points than they're currently getting. They are 19 in both polls right now, dropped five spots in each. Yeah, so I
0: mean, in... They're still a very good Pac-12 team. They're still going to compete for the conference title there, but it's also, I think, a very good matchup for the Aztecs. So we'll see.
1: We'll see. That's a good one. That's that's probably we'll get. Like I said, and you said we'll get to all these games in our previews. But that was a uh, that's that's a game. Look, like, next week's going to be huge. You got Air Force. You got. Oh, do you see what the uh, official wardrobe for Air Force fans is at Michigan?
0: Uh, I did not.
1: <laughs> Attention to cadets in the Ann Arbor area. Uniform for Big House Week is no shirts and khaki pants with cleats.
0: Oh, okay. I did see that.
1: <laughs>
0: that's good. I like
1: that. That, that. that was a good one. Yes. So that that's that. That's anything else we need to add to the show tonight? Um, oh, do you have you have you submitted your early power rankings for the week? Who's your top three?
0: Uh, I have not submitted them just yet. My top three, you know, obviously San Diego State's at the top. I think. Behind them, i probably still put Boise State somewhere in that mix. and uh, You know what? Let's just say it's probably the same three as last week. Aztecs, Rams, Broncos.
1: Which was? Broncos and then uh, Rams?
0: Yeah.
1: Same here. That's what I have. And so that's – uh, yeah. So we're, we're lame and we agree on too many things, Matt. But that's okay. That's how it works. That's fine. So that's our show for tonight. We did a – dude, this is only like – oh, sorry. We have recording two here. Track two. I was like, oh, we're only at 50 minutes. No, we're at about hour 10. So we had 11 games to get to. But check us out, MWCWire.com. Apparently, I found out we have a lot of people who are viewing the website. We appreciate that since we're at a new, sort of a new location from last year. But check us out, MWCWire.com. If you want to be part of our PowerPoll, and I like I said, you can hijack the poll if you want. That's okay. We don't care. Go to our Patreon page. You can participate in that. It's MWCWire. If you want to go to iTunes, tune in. Like we said, we want the Matt you will personally give them a shout out if we get five stars, correct? Yes. So that's, that's, that's gotta be worth the price of admission, right? It'll take you what, two, two minutes to write a review to say we're awesome. Yeah, probably. That, that's all we, <laughs> that's exactly. All right. So that's our show for tonight. Uh, again, MWC wire.com. We'll be back next week on what? Wednesday night, Thursday morning for the uh, week three preview show. And yes, we're always biased. It gets your, uh, yeah, your team good, folks. See you later.